0: What does motion sound like? With Kizikans Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizzik.com slash socks. Lions fans, it's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, Rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions podcast. Welcome to the Daily DLP. I'm your host Ash Thompson, and today I'm taking you on a trip around the league. Okay, let's get the division out of the way. The Bears lost to the Packers, so the Packers squeaked into the playoffs. The Bears' passing game was predictable and just plain bad, as it has been the entire time Luke Getsy has been their offensive coordinator, whether they keep Fields or not and I don't think they've earned the right to move on because they've never given him a decent offensive play caller to work with. I mean, look at what Matt Nag did in his first season as the Chiefs offensive coordinator. <laughs> but regardless of whether they keep fields, uh, getsy needs to go. As for the Packers, they're in the playoffs as the 7th seed, and they're going to Dallas, which I will get to later. Uh, the Vikings lost to the Lions by two scores, capping off a season that went shockingly well after Kirk Cousins popped his Achilles tendon in Week 8. The division ended up, after all tiebreakers, the Bears finished 4th at 7-10, the Vikings finished 3rd, also at 7-10, the Packers finished 2nd at 9-8, and and the Lions won the division at 12-5. Now on to the playoff picture for the AFC. The number one seed in the AFC is the Baltimore Ravens, who finished the year at 13-4. The only team with a better record than the Lions. The second seed ended up being the Buffalo Bills, who looked like a wild card team at best for a sizable chunk of the year. Uh, but they've come on strong in the second half of the season, and they are a wagon on fire right now. And what does it say about the Chiefs? That a bad season for them is 11-6 and, and finishing as the third seed in the AFC. Uh, their offense has struggled relative to their usual output, but they're still a super dangerous team in the playoffs. And the fourth seed is the absolutely shocking Houston Texans. Remember that just last year, they absolutely earned the number two draft pick. This year, they finished 10-7 and seven at the top of the AFC South, and you might be thinking, yeah, but the AFC South sucks, right? But there were two other nine and eight teams in that division. This was one of the better divisions in football top to bottom in 2023. Makes it all the more shocking. Uh, Their opponent in the first round is the fifth seed, the white-hot Cleveland Browns, who since picking up Joe Flacco have been a juggernaut. And uh, they could make some serious noise in these playoffs. Like Houston is not a super tough road location. There are not really any weather issues that they're gonna to have to deal with, and Jim Schwartz will be dialing up defensive calls that should push CJ Stroud to his absolute limit. Like the Browns are a very serious counterpoint right now to the argument that paying the wrong quarterback or paying a running back at all is disastrous to a franchise. They have 58 million in cap hits on injured reserve right now, including the wrong quarterback and a highly paid running back. And they're still in the playoffs. Sticking with the quarterback you overpaid, though, uh, that would be the mistake here. And I suspect that their solution ends up looking horrifying. Something like the Bobby Bonilla scenario or as close to it as the NFL's collective bargaining agreement allows, which is not really close. But we got the whole off season to talk about that. Uh, this weekend, the Browns travel to Houston to take on the Texans. And that is the Saturday at 2.15 Eastern time game. The sixth seed, traveling to Kansas City this weekend, is the Miami Dolphins. This game is on Peacock only by legal means, and I am not going to discuss illegal means, though they do exist. This is a case study in contrasting offensive building styles. This is the biggest Tyreek Hill revenge opportunity there is ever likely to be, with Hill having a Super Bowl ring from his time with the Chiefs, And looking to get another with the Dolphins. But Hill took himself out of the Dolphins week 18 game. And he's kind of been dealing with an ankle sprain. So that may not particularly come to fruition. But in terms of the team building angle. The Dolphins built their offense through their skill position players. Rather than heaping all of the offensive responsibilities on a quarterback. Like KC has progressively done over the last few seasons. Like to his fine quarterback. He's a really good quarterback. But there are probably 12 guys who could do what he's doing right now with that group of players. I would say there's maybe three in the league that could have even gotten the Kansas City Chiefs to the playoffs. That's the difference here. Um, the Dolphins might also be down Jalen Waddle, and if both Waddle and Hill are out, there's probably no need to spring for the one month of peacock just to watch this game. Uh, because that sounds like a bloodbath to me. That is the 6 p.m. Eastern Time Saturday game. The seventh and final playoff seed in the AFC is the Pittsburgh Steelers, who will travel to Buffalo. The Steelers are probably the worst team left in the playoffs, as they almost always are, it seems like. Uh, <laughs> the quarterbacks, their quarterback, like he wouldn't start for more than like three, maybe four other teams in the NFL. That's where they're at. Uh, the Steelers are going into a wood chipper in this one, if you ask me. Like, ever since Joe Brady took over the Bills' offensive coordinator position and stopped trying to act like Josh Allen is a pocket passer, the Bills have been on fire. Like, their newly found devotion to the running game under Joe Brady, super unexpected, but it's really revitalized their offense. Uh, I'm expecting a pretty serious blowout in this game, too. Uh, as is usual in the new 17 playoff era. Uh huh. Of course, that probably means it's going to be the game of the century and the only one you should absolutely watch, and it's at 11 a.m. on Sunday. Now to the NFC, which we all care about a lot more. The number one seed in the NFC is the 12-5 and San Francisco 49ers, who basically played nobody with any kind of injury in the last week of the season uh, because they already had the tiebreakers locked over everyone and didn't need to win. So they didn't win. That's why they're tied with the Lions and the Cowboys. They have a bye this weekend. Number two, because of other tiebreakers that they won, are the Dallas Cowboys, also 12-5, and five, who faced the Lions a couple weeks ago in Dallas. They got the job done against Washington in Week 18 and locked up home field advantage until the conference championship round where they'd have to travel to San Francisco if both of those teams get that far. Number three is your, my, our Detroit Lions who also finished the season at 12-5. and five. the Lions have locked up at least one home game this postseason, and we can all rejoice about that. Uh, the Ford field crowd is going to be jumping this weekend. Get in there and scream until your throat, bleeds. The fourth seed in the NFC is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They won the NFC South Division, which was probably the worst one in the league. <laughs> but winning a bad division still gives you one home game during wildcard week. So, go Bucs, I guess. Uh, The fifth seed in the NFC is the Philadelphia Eagles, who are going to travel to Tampa for that matchup. And if you were thinking, that is going to be a bloodbath, the Eagles are going to destroy them. That's what I would have said before this week's games, too. Uh, Both Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown came out of that game with injuries. And as of this recording, we haven't gotten any definitive timeframes on when those two injuries are going to be things that those guys can actually deal with playing. But like, hurts his finger, man, was bent the wrong way on his throwing hand. Even if he does play, that's not going to be great. And A.J. Brown, that didn't look good. Uh, man, Baker Mayfield leading the Bucks to a postseason win after getting dumped by the now-Joe Flacco-led Browns who are paying a different quarterback $250 million guaranteed would just be, like, a really delicious story. particularly if the Browns lose their game on Saturday. That city's going to be on fire. Uh But that's nothing compared to the many layered revenge game scenarios linked to the LA Rams, who are the sixth seed and will be hosted by Detroit. Uh, Do you want to hear about the quarterback who was salary dumped in a trade by his lowell team and has been an absolutely essential part of rebuilding what was a long dead franchise desperately needing anything to cling on to or do you want to talk about the quarterback who's so tired of being the face of that dead franchise that he finally demanded to be traded before his entire career was wasted and then won the super bowl in his first season with the new team Or do we want to talk about the coach who couldn't figure out how to design an offense for that first quarterback to really shine after his pet system was completely exposed by the goat head coach in the league? Or do we want to talk about the new offensive genius in the league who did figure out how to build around that quarterback and is now the hottest head coaching candidate in the NFL? Or how about the head coach that was branded a complete meathead and Basically, a dead man walking after his initial press conference because he had used some extremely evocative imagery before he went on to build a team that is exactly what he said it was going to be in that press conference. Or how about the GMs? One whose F-them-pick style flew in the face of every analytics genius's pet algorithm but resulted in a Super Bowl victory. And then after a one-year blip where half of his team was injured, they're back in the playoffs. Or the other GM, who was the first GM's protege for a decade, and was absolutely slammed in the hours following the first round of the 2023 draft for not following those same analytical geniuses' positional value chart, but just got his team to a three-way tie for the second-best record in the NFL three years after taking over a complete mess that was so bad that that one quarterback I previously mentioned dumped the team that he reportedly loved playing for. And this GM did that, signing only a single free agent to a contract that was worth more than $10 billion a season. Are those compelling enough storylines for the 8.15 p.m. Sunday matchup where Matthew St- Stafford, Sean McVay, Les Sneed of the Rams come to town to face Jared Goff, Ben Johnson, Dan Campbell, and Brad Holmes of the Detroit Lions? I think so. And last but not least, because there is one game that I haven't mentioned yet. There is another revenge game as the 7th seed Green Bay Packers travel to the number 2 Dallas Cowboys. I'll be a little more direct here because people might be less familiar with this. Mike McCarthy was fired by the Packers largely because Aaron Rodgers had fallen off a cliff statistically, and the team wasn't good enough to deal with that. The Packers then drafted Rodgers' replacement while also revitalizing Rodgers' career. And we all know he is fueled primarily by spite at this point. Uh, McCarthy retooled his mindset and became the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys who have been a very good team basically for the entire time he's been there. The quarterback that was drafted to replace Aaron Rodgers after McCarthy was fired is now trying to show that he is the next one in line in that long story pathway of fabulous Green Bay Packers quarterbacks. There's your storylines for Packers Cowboys. Uh, We need to put our FTP shirts away this week. I'll go over all the fans rooting interests this week uh in the afc cheer for whoever you want and then after that cheer for ball or whoever's facing baltimore until they're gone uh we'll revisit this next week uh in the nfc though the lions will have a second home game if the packers beat the cowboys and the lions win of course uh I know it's difficult to put aside the divisional rivalry thing, but it just sets the Packers up getting destroyed by the 49ers next week. If they win that game. Unless yeah, actually, no, that's just it. If the Packers win, they go to San Francisco and get murdered. Uh, And then the Lions host whoever wins between the Bucks and the now injury depleted Eagles. Which is the best case scenario for Lions fans. Next week. Uh that's it for around the league. Tomorrow I'm gonna to do a little recap of the Lions regular season numbers. See you then. Let's bring it in here together. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Come on, baby. Lions on three! One, two, three! Miles! You've had enough of that shit. The longest field goal ever attempted is seventy-six yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also seventy-six yards. Why bring this up?